13 seconds. Yeah, 13 seconds. Oh, yeah. If somebody's walking in afterwards, yeah. Like, say, come on, Dave. You're not going to make it, Dave. Donuts is the excuse. <laughs> She's coming with a fresh cup of coffee. Okay, well, good morning, everyone. And as you know, Dave, Dave and I are... Um, we're going to tackle this subject today together. Well, here's what we've been doing. For the summer, we've been doing this thing called nuts and bolts. And the idea behind it is that we wanted to talk about foundational truths of Christianity. We want to talk about the basics of, of who we are as Christians, what we, can, what we can build our lives on, what we can build our faith on. And so we've covered topics like, who is Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? We've t- we cover talk- topics like, that because God's in our life, life is bigger than just the ho-hum of life. We talked about mercy. We talked about, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, that God wins. That when it's all said and done, God's going to win. And we can, we, can, we can lock into that. And then last week, we took a little break with Family Sunday and just had a good time with, with everybody in here. And so we're picking back up this morning with a topic of forgiveness. And, and so what we want to do is we want to talk about just forgiveness. And, there, and just, just a few moments ago, somebody asked me, hey, what are we going to talk about forgiveness? And there's a lot, of, a lot of angles we could come at forgiveness, right? And a lot of times, it's, we could talk about how we've been forgiven by God. And, that, and that's a great, great topic. And we could talk about how we need to ask for forgiveness. But this morning, what we're primarily going to talk about is how do we give forgiveness? How, why we need to give forgiveness? Um, Jesus said this when, you know, remember in the, back in, in Matthew, the um, disciples asked Jesus after seeing him go off and pray, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so he goes into the Lord's, the Lord's prayer, which we, we talked about, you know, kind of in detail a few months ago. And in part of that, that prayer that he taught, he said this, he said, Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And, and he's making this connection that when we're praying to the Father and we're saying, God, and, and, and I believe this is a daily thing for us, we're saying, God, for, forgive me the sins that I've committed in my life. Forgive me for the sins of yesterday. We, we're, we're asking for him to forgive us. And, and, and Jesus says, as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. So, so there's this, this connection between the forgiveness that we have from God the Father and, and the relationship we have, the, the restoration we have with God the Father through the forgiveness of sins and the connection of us giving forgiveness to those and, re, and, and that re- restoration that happens. So, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about. If most of you guys have been around, you know that Joe and I and our family moved here from California about 14 years ago, and it was on the end of a church plant that we were part of in California. So we were part of this church plant where, where Joe and I were the associate pastors and, and we planted this church with about 12 people. And for, for us, that, that two and a half to three and a half year time was a really difficult time for us. It was really hard for our family and specifically hard for me, and this is why, that be, during the course of the church plant, I, I allowed, but I was also subject to a lot of abuse. And, and, it was, and it came from the, the, the senior pastor, the planting pastor of the church. And, and so some of that abuse looked like um, financial abuse. We, um, we allowed our credit cards to be racked up 
for stuff that we shouldn't have allowed at the hands of the, of the lead pastor. And some of those debts, when we ended up having to pay off in the end, it, the church, the pastor in the church never paid it off. We, it was just, it was abuse. We, our time was abused. I could tell you that there was nights that I, would, I was getting up at 3 in the morning, working all day. It'd be 8 o'clock at night, and there'd be a knock at my door. Come on, Tom, I need you to go with me to help me do something. And there was no consideration that I had a, a wife and a brand new baby, and, and I would just jump in the car and go. I, I would allow it, but my time was abused, and it was a constant thing. And then there was a lot of, a lot of um, just, uh, let me think of the word here, a lot of manipulation that took place, a lot of psychological stuff. And, I, and I, I allowed that to happen. So when we broke away, here's what I can say. I was a damaged person. I was really damaged, and, and I, I had a lot of hatred in my heart towards this person. I had a lot of bitterness and I, and I lumped it together with the entire church. And so I made this statement on my exodus of the church. I said, I will never ever serve within the walls of a church again. This is what I said. And, and I, I, I wasn't mad at God. I still loved God. I still saw the vision of, of, of his mission in the world, but I said, I will never serve within the church again. And for a couple years, I, I went to church, but I hated the pastor. It didn't matter who the pastor was. I could just say, this guy's a, a, a scam. He's out to dig into your back pocket. He's going to manipulate you. Stay away. And I did that. And, and so after about two years, I went through a process of trying to forgive this pastor. And I, and I prayed and, and gave it to Jesus. I, I wrote the pastor a letter and sent it to him. Didn't get any response from him. And so where, where I thought, okay, it's done and over, every time he came up in conversation or through friendships, his name came up or I heard about what was taking place. There was this, this bitterness and this anger that, that was welling up in me. So obviously I hadn't, hadn't given that forgiveness. A couple of years after that, I was working in the UP of Michigan and I started to experience the exact same relationship as I had with that pastor. But this time it was in a work situation with a guy I was subcontracting to. And during the course of a few weeks, there was money that was being cheated and lied about. There was manipulation of time and, and, and of work. And, I, and although it looked different, it had this exact same flavor, if you will. And so I, I start, that whole process of anger welled up in me again. But this time what happened was I, was I had this breakthrough with God and I was able to completely give it to God and completely forgive the pastor in California as well as the guy I was working for. And at that moment, what took place in my life was that the, the journey for our family started on a path that ultimately led to me doing what I said I would never do again, and that's serving within the walls of a church. And, and so, and so I, I came to a place to where even now when the, when the pastor in California's name come up, there's no anger. There's, there's remembrance, but there's no anger. I've, I've, come, I've, had to, I've gone to weddings that he's officiated, that we've been in, in that church in the past where because there's been you know, mutual friendship for weddings and different, different things, and we've, we've you know, come across and, and seen each other. And there's remembrance of what took place, but there's no longer, no longer that anger and that bitterness. So, so forgiving someone who hurts you, here's the statement, is very difficult. And, and so this morning, here's what Dave and I hope is going to happen. We hope that we're going to walk you through a, 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 looking at how to forgive others. And in the end, you're going to be able to, to receive the forgiveness or give the forgiveness to somebody and, and maybe get away from the pains and the hurt in the past. So here's how we're going to do that. We're going to talk about why we need to forgive. We're going to just a couple points on why, why it is we need to forgive. We're going to talk about why 
we often don't want to forgive or why we don't forgive. And so we've come up with four, four reasons why maybe we don't forgive. And then in the end, we're going to talk about how to forgive, okay? So here's what I want you to do in a practical way. Think about somebody in your life who's hurt you. You might have somebody immediately pop in your head as we've been talking, or, or you, you know, but think about somebody who maybe has hurt you, has wronged you in some way. This is a person that when, when their name comes up or their image in your head comes up, maybe you feel that, that little bit of bitterness or that little bit of anger. And just think about that person. And, and at the end, let's, let's just see if we could put these steps into practice to where, to where you, can, you can give that forgiveness to that person, okay? So let, let's start with why we need to forgive. The first reason why we need to forgive is that we believe there's a spiritual necessity. In Matthew chapter 6, it's, and we read this earlier, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. You see that little word, as? That tells us that the forgiveness that we experience from God is somehow connected to the forgiveness that we extend to others. And just as we experience God's forgiveness in our lives, we then give the forgiveness. It's because God forgave us that we can forgive, because we recognize that God forgave us in in our wrongdoings that we can extend that forgiveness. And, And extending the forgiveness is not primarily a matter between us and those that have wronged us, but it's a matter between us and the forgiveness that we gave from God. So, so, so just, just kind of a reason why we need to forgive is that, is that we forgive as we have been forgiven. It's, it's a spiritual matter. Secondly, it's a relational matter. In Ephesians, this verse should pop up. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And so here's the, this verse assumes that forgiveness is a relational necessity, even within the Christian community. And here's why. Because I'm a flawed person. And I'm doing life with other flawed persons. And, and because we're, we're, we're messed up people trying to do life together, here's what's going to happen. We're going to offend each other. We're going to hurt each other. We're going we're gonna to do each other wrong at some point. But we have a lifetime of being able to walk through forgiving one another and perfecting our relationships because of what God's done for us. So it's a relational necessity, and, and, and it's, it's a spiritual necessity. And then, and then thirdly, it's a personal necessity. So friends, here, here's where I think we miss out on the fullness of God. Forgiveness is a personal necessity because unforgiveness hurts us. In Matthew 18, Jesus tells a story of a man who was forgiven what equates to a $70 million debt from his king, but refused to forgive a couple thousand dollars worth of debt from his co-worker. Jesus ends the story with these words. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his, his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to give your brothers and sisters from your heart. Now, Jesus... Concluding words here makes it sound like God will not forgive us if we don't forgive others. But Jesus' point is this. When we forgive others whose offenses against us are quite small in comparison with our, with our offenses against him, which he has forgiven us, then we are the ones who are imprisoned and tortured by our unforgiveness. We often think that withholding forgiveness punishes the offender, but in fact... The one, we are the ones who are punished by our unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Unforgiveness hurts 
us, not them. The word resent originally meant to feel again. So when we resent someone who's hurt us, we are choosing to relive the past of all the hurts that had gone on before and what they did to us over and over and over. So resentment or unforgiveness is like picking the scab, the scab off, of a, off of a fresh wound and it, so it never heals. It's also a weed that, that takes root and sprouts and chokes out our relationships with others and fellowship and our fellowship with God and prohibits us from receiving the very best that he has for us. And it keeps us from sharing the love that God has for those around us. My mom and dad divorced when I was very young. And my dad really was not part of my life at all growing up. Uh, I remember seeing the father-son relationships that other people had and was missing that. He wasn't at my Little League games, didn't come to my graduation, didn't even come to my wedding. And I carried that, the pain of that abandonment and rejection into my adult life and affected the relationships of those people around me, especially with my wife and my children. It hindered me from being the, the, the husband and the father that I should have been. So in my late 20s, God began to be revealing to me things in my life that I needed both forgive and to ask for forgiveness for. And one of those things was with my dad. I knew I had to forgive him. So I did when I had the opportunity. Now, I got to say it wasn't easy. To forgive somebody face to face for the wrongs that it caused you is not an easy thing. But I did. And the experience of that was something rather remarkable. When I forgave him, I felt the pain of the rejection, the pain of the abandonment leave. And I saw my dad in a new light. I love my dad. I still love my dad. And I don't even hold a, a, and even an ounce of bitterness toward him from all the, all the things in the past because I've completely forgiven. He's 86 years old now and very ill, doesn't have much longer, much longer to live, but I'm glad that I'm not going to be counted as one of those who stand over a grave and say, I wish I would have. I'm glad that I was able to have that experience to, to, to forgive him. Now, this experience of getting rid of the bitterness moved me, at that point, moved me to a closer relationship with God. I felt God's love. I felt God's forgiveness. I felt all those things that God has ready for us when I, get, when I gave that up, when I, when I forgave. It helped me to be a more kind, tender-hearted and forgiving towards others when I'm, when I'm wrong. When they wrong me now, when I feel like someone has, has offended me, I'm quick to forgive. I can't say that that was the way it was years ago. But because God made that change in me because I was able to forgive, and I experienced that, um, I'm, I'm more easily apt to forgive. Like in my example... Forgiving others opens the way for us to experience a deeper, 
more meaningful relationship with God, with our Heavenly Father. No more walls or barriers between us and Him or between us and others. It allows us to experience His best for us. And that's what He wants for us and for those around us. This morning I was praying and just this thought came to mind. Um, it was almost like God was saying that his full, the fullness of his love, his perfect love, cannot coexist with bitterness. So forgiving others is not only good theology, but it's also good medicine as well, like Dave just said. Forgiving is good for us. It releases us from the poison of unforgiveness and resentment. So we need to forgive because there's a, there's a spiritual necessity. We need to forgive because there's, there's a relational necessity. And we need to forgive for personal necessities. But, but often we don't forgive, do we? We, we, know, we know we should forgive. We know we're supposed to forgive, but we don't. And, and I think the reason why is because sometimes we're confused about what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. Have you, have you guys heard the story of Corey Tenboom? So Corey, Corey Tenboom was a, was a girl during the, the war, and, um, a Dutch girl, and her and her father and her sister hid, hid Jews from the Nazis. And as a result, they ended up in a concentration camp, and ultimately, the life of her, her father and her sister were lost. And after being freed from the concentration camp, Corey Tenboom was speaking in Germany, and afterwards... He was approached, she was approached by a man who she immediately recognized as a, as a German soldier. And this German soldier was, was the, a guard who, who degraded and humiliated her and her sister. He looked lustfully at her and her sister while they stood naked in the delousing chamber. And, and they, he ultimately was the guard who, who was responsible for the death of, of her sister. And so, so this very man is standing before Corey Timboom, and then he stretches out his arm to her, his hand to her, and, and he says, Fraulein Temboom, will you forgive me? Now, what would you do? What would you do remembering all the stuff that took place in your life at the hands of this guy, and now this guy is standing there outstretched saying, will you forgive me? And, and so the story, the story helps us to highlight some of the reasons why maybe we don't give forgiveness. And the first is that we don't forgive forgiveness because we just don't feel like giving forgiveness. We don't, we don't feel like it in our hearts. So forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. First, sometimes we don't forgive others because we don't feel like it. Corey Ten Boom stood there and she said, like, she reported that, that at that moment she felt a coldness clutching at her heart. Like she didn't, she couldn't forgive. Many times we think that we can't forgive someone until our feelings change toward that person. When the ache of their offenses have gone away. But that's got the order backwards. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. We choose to forgive. We choose to forgive first regardless of our feelings. And often we find as we allow God's grace to flood through us, our feelings are washed in the process. We don't forgive because we don't feel like forgiving. How many of you guys have been in that position? You just don't feel like giving forgiveness to a person. Yeah, I see a couple hands. Secondly, I think a reason why we don't forgive is because we think that forgiveness Giving forgiveness is calling the wrong right. We think that, we think that by, by forgiving somebody, that we're, we're saying to them, it's okay what you did to me. That we're saying that what you did wrong, it, it, was, it really wasn't wrong or it, it didn't hurt, but it did. The very fact that forgiveness is needed and, and, and is granted indicates that there was something wrong and inexcusable that has been done. 
Forgiveness is not calling the wrong right. We can forgive others, but the wrongs they have done to us, they're still wrong. So, so we don't forgive because, because we, we don't feel like it. For, we don't forgive because we, we're, we're afraid that we're saying that the wrong is right. And then, and then the third point is we don't forgive because we think that forgiveness is the same thing as reconciliation. Sometimes by forgiving somebody, we, we think and confuse the forgiveness with this obligation to enter back into relationship with that person, with the person that's offended you. Maybe, maybe the German soldier in your life hasn't come to you with arms stretched out saying, will you forgive me? And, and you think, if I forgive them, I have to enter back into relationship with them, even though maybe they haven't changed their ways, or even though maybe they haven't asked for forgiveness. And, and I don't want to enter back into relationship with this person because I don't want to subject myself to them offending me again and causing more pain and more harm in my life. But it's, forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. Forgiveness is a one-way street. Forgiveness says that I'm going to forgive regardless of what you're doing. Reconciliation is a two-way street. Reconciliation it requires both parties to come together and to mutually forgive each other. So, so do, you, do you not forgive sometimes because you fear that by me forgiving, I have to go back in relationship with that person? And frankly, you don't want to go back in relationship with that person. This, this pastor in California, I, I don't think I'll ever be in a relationship with him. I've crossed paths with him, and there's been, there's not, I've not had that, that emotional well up because I, I have forgiven, but I don't have any desire or any need to enter back in relationship with him. So, so is that reason, a reason why you don't forgive? Because you, you, you think that I have to be reconciled with that person, but that's not what forgiveness is. And then the last one is forgiveness. We, we, we don't give forgiveness or we don't extend forgiveness because forgiveness has never been asked for by the other person. Forgiveness does not have to be requested to be granted. Sometimes we don't forgive others because forgiveness wasn't requested. We say to ourselves, I'll forgive them when they apologize. Maybe even putting off forgiving that German soldier in your life until a time when they confess their wrongdoing and ask for forgiveness. But forgiveness can be extended even when it's not asked for. Romans 5.8 says this, But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, God forgave us while we were yet sinners. That means we weren't sorry first and then God forgave us. It happened the other way around. God offered us forgiveness. So since we're to forgive just as Christ has forgiven us, that means we can forgive others. Even when they're not sorry for what they did. Forgiveness can be extended even when it's not been asked for. C.S. Lewis said, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God forgives the inexcusable in you. So this is what happened with Corey Temboom as that German soldier stood there with with his hand outstretched. Here's what she wrote. She said, I stood there coldness clutching my heart, but I knew that the will can function regardless of the temperature of my heart. I prayed, Jesus, help me. So woodenly and mechanically, I stretched out my hand into the stretched out hand, in, in, into the one stretched out to me, and I experienced an incredible thing. The current started in my shoulder and went down to my hand. Then this incredible warm reconciliation seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother. I cried with my whole heart. 
For a long time, we grasped each other's hands, a former guard and a former prisoner. I have never experienced the love of God so intensely as I did at that moment. And she finishes it with this. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and, and discover that that prisoner is you. So, so we can forgive even when we don't feel like it. We, we can forgive even without calling the wrong right. We can forgive even if, if there's no desire or, or no, no um, help for reconciliation. And we can forgive even when it hasn't been granted. So here, here it is. There's a need to forgive. We've talked about why we, why we sometimes don't forgive. Let's just talk about the practical application of how do we forgive, because that's, that's what this, this whole series is about. Um, the process of this series has really been to, to help us to, like I said earlier, to lay this foundation so that we can move on into our relationship with God and into relationship with others because we're locked down. And here's what I want to say. If you've missed some of, some of the... Uh, the services over this past summer, you could go to our website and we have all of them on there, recorded on there. And if you, if you, I'm going to say this wrong, Dave, I know, but if you do podcasts, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Branches Vineyard Church, and get them that way. And Dave did this thing for me. He showed me who's been listening, like demographically who's been listening. We have people listening in Tokyo right now. I don't know where they, how they figured it out, but there's people like all over the world listening. So if you've missed this, this idea is for us to, of, of this summer, is to, is to lay this foundation so we can, we can hit the ground really running come September. And so part of that is that we need to extend some forgiveness. So how do we extend forgiveness? Jesus' words was this, as we forgive those who, forgive the, who, who, have, who have sinned against us. So we, first we, we forgive by revealing the hurt. To forgive another person begins by you, ad, you admitting that you have this hurt. We see this, this is in the words that those who sinned against us, those who have hurt us. And so forgiveness comes by us first admitting that that really hurt. For various reasons, that step can be difficult for us. We sometimes don't want to admit that people that we love have actually hurt us because we have this misunderstanding that you can't love somebody and, and feel the pain of their hurt at the same time, but you can. Or sometimes we deny the hurt and pretend that the hurt doesn't exist. But that never works, does it? Or sometimes we try to minimize the hurt by saying, yeah, it's, it's no big deal. It doesn't really matter. But it does matter. It hurts and it still does. It seems like we'll do anything but admit that we've been hurt. But forgiveness only starts by us admitting that, that there's been a hurt. There's something that's been wrong. And so we can, we can, we can start to do, or give forgiveness by simply admitting I've been hurt. And then you can write those hurts down. You can, you can write down, I've been hurt in this way by this person. This is how it made me feel. And, that, and that's the those who sin against us part, the revealing that we've been hurt. Secondly, forgiveness comes by us releasing the offender. And we release the offender. That's the those who sinned against us, the those that sinned against us part. And we release the offender by saying, you no longer have this debt against me. We see this when, when Jesus Jesus said it on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what, they, what they're doing. And, and for us, we could say, Father, forgive this person and release them from the debt of the offense that they gave to us. And so, so we reveal the hurt. We release the offender. And then like in my case, sometimes we have to repeat this process. So how often do we have to do it? In Matthew 18, the apostle Peter thought he was being very generous when he asked Jesus this question. 
He said, and Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, Jesus replied, 70 times seven. Jesus' point is that forgiveness has to be continual. Forgiveness may not be a one-shot deal where you say, I forgive him and it's over with. Because whenever you think about the circumstances, there are times when those feelings come back with them, when you feel the hurt and the pain. (coughs) And every time you get those feelings, you've got to forgive them again. Forgiveness may be a process that needs to be repeated. Sometimes you have to do it over and over and over, but eventually your heart will begin to heal. So how do we know that we've been completely forgiven? There'll come a point when you remember the circumstance and the hurt or the feeling doesn't come with it. That's when you know you've been completely forgiven. Remember, Corey Tim Boom said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner is you. So, so this morning, here's my assumption, that there's some of us here that we feel the pains of, of, of past hurts. And, and if we're honest with ourselves, we know, yeah, somebody's hurt me and I'm still holding that in. And, and maybe you've been thinking, I'm going to hold it against them because I'm going to make them pay. But the truth is, is there's the poison eating away at you. You've drank the poison in order to hurt them. And, and, and hopefully this morning you're realizing, yes, I need to give forgiveness. Yes, there's a, there's a spiritual reason why I need to give forgiveness. There's a relational re- reason. And, and ultimately, there's a personal reason why I need to give forgiveness. So, so here's the practical take home for this morning. First, you, you just admit that. You admit, you reveal the hurt. You admit that says, yeah, there's something, there's something eating away with, at me. There's something that, that I've not released somebody from. So, so first, you, you, you admit the pain. Second, you release the offender. And here's how you release the offender. You go to God and you say, God, this person hurt me and it stunk and I didn't like the situation, but I forgive them for what they did to me. It's that simple. You, you release the offender to God and you, you give it to God. And then third, there's sometimes where you need to approach the person and let them know, hey, I forgive you. And that, and that could be a touchy subject. That could be a touchy situation on whether, whether it's important or needed to approach the person. That's something that you could deal with God about. Like, God, do I need to go to that person and, and extend forgiveness to that person verbally? Whether it's to, for reconciliation or just to release them so they know that you've released them. And that's between you and God. So, so you admit, yeah, I'm dealing with something. There's something that I'm harboring. We give it to God. And then if needed, we go talk to the person. Then, then there's a flip side that we kind of mentioned at the beginning that maybe some of us are the offender. Maybe we've offended somebody. Maybe you know, know you've offended somebody. And that's a point where you need to go to God and ask God, you know, confirm that. And then maybe you need to be the, the, the German soldier in that person's life and extend your hand and say, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Would you stand with us this morning? I, I experienced through the, the situation of, of our, our church plant in California that it wasn't until... I completely forgave that I found freedom. It, it, it required me to do a part. It didn't require that pastor to co- come to me and ask for forgiveness. And frankly, he never has. Frankly, I, I could tell you that I know that there was multiple people that were in my situation, and those multiple people have never been dealt with by that pastor. And that's on him. But what was on me was to 
was to forgive him, just as God has forgiven me. And so this morning, here's what I want to do. I want to give someone or a multitude of somebodies an opportunity to take that step and, and give forgiveness. It's a great place to do it. It's a great time to do it. And, um, and so we have ministry time that happens at the end of the service. And so for, if you're new here, if you're not familiar with that, what that means is we're going to go ahead and, and finish the service through a song of worship. But when, that, when that's over, we have people that will, are, are going to be sitting up here. And if you want somebody to pray with you, want to talk to somebody about, about forgiving someone or, or walking you through the steps of forgiving someone, it, there's, a, there's a place for you for that. So you could come up here and you could talk, and there'll be people that will encourage you. There'll be people that will pray for you. Also, this time is a time for, to be, receive prayer for anything that's taken place in your life. So it doesn't have to be a forgiveness thing. It could be a physical need that you have. It could be something that you, a, a need that you have in your life, or it could be, you know, uh, something emotional that you, you need prayer for. You just want somebody to join with you and encourage you and, 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 and pray with you to our Father. So that's what this time is about. And we just want to, we want to leave that space open. If, if, if when the service is done, when, when we're done um, worshiping in this last song, you could be dismissed, but the rest of this time will be set aside, and the rest of the, the time in this space will be set aside for those that want to want to just do some business with God. And here's what I'd encourage you. Don't, don't leave here. If you, if you know that there's some business that needs to happen, do it. Don't, don't walk out thinking, oh, I'll take care of it later, because you won't, because you haven't already. When you walked in here, you hadn't taken care of it, so why don't, why don't you take care of it now, Okay. So let me pray for us, and then we'll wrap up with some worship. So, Father, God, just in our worship this morning, we've remembered how much you've forgiven us. And, God, you forgave us long before we admitted that we had wronged. God, we want to be people. I I know I want to be people. I assume everybody else in here wants to be followers of you that extend forgiveness because we recognize how much you've forgiven us. God, would you be... um, just as we're praying right now, would you, would you be encouraging those that know that they need to do some business, that they need to, they need to release some offenders? Would you, would you uh, be encouraging them to do that even right now? God, we, we want to see freedom come in this place. We want to see the poison of bitterness washed out of our lives. And we want to walk, walk in complete forgiveness because you've forgiven us and extending forgiveness. So God, our prayer is that. And Lord, would you be honored today in our worship and in our, in our time with you. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.